Welcome to the My Opinion Podcast, the leadership podcast for women. This is a show that focuses on leadership, life, and love to empower women around the world to be the leader of their life. The My Opinion Podcast is a weekly show with Maya's Motivation Monday, focusing on leadership topics for women that feature guest interviews as well as solo episodes with Maya. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the My Opinion Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Now in her opinion, here's your host, Maya Roffler. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of my opinion. Today I have Jennifer Love with me on the show. Jennifer, welcome to my opinion. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So Jennifer, I just want to dive right in. Tell us a little bit about you, your website. I really want to hear about the living wealthy quiz that I saw on your website. Let's dive right in. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm Jennifer Love and some notables about me. I am a lover of dark chocolate and a co-founder of a wholesale chocolate company called Nibmore. I am a wealth therapist, a money therapist, wealth alchemist, and I really work with leaders and helping them feel confident in their relationship with money and how to free themselves um, of anything that is really impeding or getting in the way of what we call an upper limit in their relationship with money and wealth. And so that's through the Living Wealthy Institute. In the Living Wealthy Institute, we have an incredible assessment. It's called the Living Wealthy Quiz, and it's broken out into four parts where you get to really see in those four different wealth zones, emotional, spiritual, mental, and behavioral. Um, that's that physical wealth zone. Like what's happening in each of those areas for you? and some recommendations on what you can do to help grow and develop your wealth. And so you can find that right over on jenniferlove.com. Perfect. So I have a million questions. I love dark chocolate too. So I don't have a sweet tooth, but when I do want something sweet, it's dark chocolate. So I'm with you there. Love it already. But I, I, how does one get into this? And being Mm. a a wealth advisor and unblocking. And I I mean, this is really interesting. So tell us, kind of take us on a journey and tell me how you got into this. Way back when, a long, long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Actually, you know, I feel like I've been preparing my whole life for the work that I've been doing for the last 10 years. And I started out my career getting training in um, human and organizational behavior and development. And working with leaders around the world in developing themselves and also the growth strategies on how to really like leverage and grow their companies from a strategic standpoint. And throughout that, that kind of like beginning phase, carrying all that with me underneath what was really running the show for me, I think is what's most interesting. Because if you go back to the three-year-old me, I was standing in a very dark hallway in our home in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. My father was a successful entrepreneur. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. So I'm standing in this dark hallway this one particular afternoon, and I'm listening to my parents fighting behind their closed bedroom door. I can hear my father punching holes in the walls. And then before I know it, he goes storming down the hallway, out the door, and out of my life. Mom's sitting on the bed. I look at her, and she's crying. And so I go to her. I crawl up on the bed, and sitting next to her are the cut-up credit cards. And she looks down at me and she says to the little three-year-old me and says, your father's leaving. He's not coming back and we don't have any money. 
what, 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 what? I was like, that's a lot to lay on a three-year-old. That's intense. So yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that was the day that I witnessed my mother becoming financially disempowered. It was also the day where I began my not enoughness story. I'm not lovable enough story began because, well, I'm not lovable enough for my dad to stay. I'm not good enough for my dad to pay child support. Right. And somehow there's something wrong. There's something outside myself that I must like pursue and go do because clearly I'm not good enough. That's where my not good enough story began. And I, there's many other ass, you know, kind of facets of how I was impacted by that situation. But for me in the, the wealth and money conversation, how that began to run in me was like, well, hmm, I'm going to go prove that I'm good enough. And I'm going to let mom vicariously live through my accomplishments and my successes. And so I, I built the companies, you know, I've built five companies from the ground up. I've invested or partnered in several other companies and helped founders like really grow and scale and land deals on Shark Tank and, you know, raise over a hundred million dollars and do like really incredible work with other businesses, including my own. And I had the press accolades and I had the money in the bank and I bought the properties. And then underneath that, you know, I was bulimic for 10 years. Wow. And underneath that, you know, there's so much unprocessed trauma and emotionality that happened starting at the age of three, that by the time that I got to like kind of my mid to late twenties and I was quote unquote successful on the outside, but what was happening on the inside was a hot mess who was completely repressing her emotions even with the having proved it still didn't feel lovable enough or good enough. Like it wasn't doing the job that I thought it was supposed to do. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I'm like relating to you more than you know right now. Yeah. I understand. And, and so I was like, there's another way here. There has to be another way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It has to be right. And that, and that is really when my calling began because then I was, you know, I, I went back to my, my psychological roots and all the work that I was able to do with everyone else, I needed to stop and do for myself. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing as leaders, I think we often forget, you know, we're constantly helping other people. We're constantly giving quote unquote medicine to other people, our magic, our gifts, our talents, our smarts, whatever it is, but are we giving it to ourselves? And if we're not, there's a really good reason why you might want to unpack that because guess what? That's blocking your happiness. Guess what? That's also doing. It's stopping you from actually playing a big game in the world because when we're living in shame, what do we want to do? We want to bury our head in a hole and like, you know, hide. Mm -hmm. Or if we're afraid, there's this constant kind of buzziness that's happening in our body and and we're like totally anxietyed out. And then we're like, something's wrong with me. So now I got to go medicate for it. But really actually what we need to be doing instead of just running to medicate is actually just unpacking what's going on underneath that fear and addressing it. And so you know, we get ourselves into, if we feel guilty, let's say about having the money that we have, or maybe we inherited it, or maybe somehow we like, you know, had some big, you know, kind of like, we feel like we we had lucky, something lucky happened, but we don't really feel like we earned it or deserve it. 
And then we're feeling guilty about it. And, and so then we start sabotaging ourselves Mm -hmm. and we let people steal from us. And, and then maybe there's the, like, you know, the, I'm not good enough story. So like, like the Jennifer love, but you have your own expression of it. You know, you then maybe somehow get into some kind of debt cycle because you, you fell for some get rich quick scheme. And so here you are now in this cycle of like debt that you just seem stuck in and can't get out of Mm -hmm. all because why? Because you didn't unpack what's underneath your fear. What's underneath your shame? What's underneath your anger? You want to know the secret to growing well from the inside out? Unpack that shit. I am just relating to this so much, Jennifer. Like, I love it. Unpack the shit. That's what you're going to do. I understand what you're saying. I definitely do. And I hope my listeners will understand by the end of this episode. But I want to go back just for two seconds to the story you shared at three, because wow, I mean, that is a lot. And it's interesting because I've done some work over the past, I would say significantly two years and unpacking my, we're just going to say it, unpacking my shit. (laughs) And I had a very similar story at five and I, I've shared a little bit, but I think being vulnerable is so important. And I, I will never forget it. It was a moment now I will never forget it, but I kind of pushed it I wasn't unpacking my shit, as we're saying on this episode. And I was five, which is still quite young too. Three, I'm just, it's blowing my mind a little bit, but I was five and I'll never forget my mom and dad, similar kind of situation. My father is an entrepreneur as well. So I'm just connecting with you so much here. And my mom's stay-at-home mom. And she was storming out of the home and I was being abandoned. I was like, what the hell is going on here? And I asked her, at five, I'm like, are, are you leaving? Are you divorcing? Like, dad, like, where are we going? What are we doing? And she looked at me and said, yes. And it eventually did happen after several years. But like, that was such a wake up call because she had no money. And, and then that was the whole conversation too. So I am so relating to you because I didn't realize until I unpacked my shit that that had a lot to do with some of the money stuff I had going on, but also my self-worth and on and on and on. That's right. And what most people don't understand is like, you know, people will sometimes ask me like, like, Jennifer, what does money really have to do with emotions? Like, what is emotions? Like, what do you mean that's an important thing? Well, let me just say, the science is showing us that 90% of all of our financial decisions are being made based on our emotions. Mm -hmm. Only 10% is based on any logic or analysis. And so our emotions have almost everything to do with our relationship with money. And so if we really want to be wealthy, like to me, being wealthy is an equation of, you know, how, what is your net worth? You know, your, the assets you have versus the liabilities that you have, as well as what is running the show on the inside, right? What's happening inside your wealth zones, the spiritual, the emotional, the, the mental and the physical, what what are your wealth behaviors? How are you being with money? Are you sitting down and looking at it and having what I call money dates? Mm -hmm. Or are you completely avoiding it and you have no idea what's happening financially, what your metrics are? And by the way, that's kind of like driving a car with a blindfold on. What's going to happen when you drive a car with a blindfold on? I think we all know. (laughs) You're going to crash, right? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to crash. And, 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 
at the worst, you're going to die because you're going over the cliff because you didn't see that there was a turn in, in the, the road. And so you didn't turn the wheel. But at best, maybe like you have some, you know, major fender bender that's costing you thousands of dollars that you wouldn't have otherwise had to spend or, you know, some kind of major breakdown because you're not seeing the, the flashing red light on the dashboard because you're wearing the blindfold and the blindfold literally is the avoiding. It's like literally impacting your ability to see what's happening and listening to that so that you have the information, that 10% information that you need so that you can make the right aligned decision. And then, you know, thinking about the mental wealth zone, like what are the beliefs that you're holding onto? What are the stories that you're telling yourself, the narrative that you're being run by, right? Along with all that, that just kind of inherited stuff. Like I was tested earlier this year um, with my genetics if versus am I a warrior or a worrier? And, and so, you know, the kind of like more the fighter versus the, like the one who's like filled with anxiety. Well, I am not, I wasn't terribly surprised to find out that I'm like the one that's tends to be filled with anxiety. I mean, hello. And, and so, you know, we can start to see how we actually are inheriting these things. Cool. So some of it is ours. Some of it is not ours. The things that we're believing, the stories that we're telling ourselves. Some of it's coming from society. Some of it's coming from our parents or those that have influenced us. And some of it we just inherited through our genes. And so we want to unpack what's the story that I'm telling myself about money. Am I telling myself that money and wealth are like my ally and that I'm becoming a healthy wealth steward every day? And I'm making healthy, aligned, values-based choices every with every financial decision. Like, are those the kinds of things that you're telling yourself? Or is it more like the story of fear? Like, oh my goodness, I am afraid I'm never going to have enough money. I don't know how to get out of this debt cycle or I have the money and now I'm fucking afraid of losing all of my money. And so I, I or like people just want to be with me because, you know, now I, I have money, mm-hmm. right? Is, is that where you want to be making decisions from? I don't know. I like the first option personally, right? And, and mm-hmm. then, you know, what's, we kind of already talked about the emotional part. Like, how are we being, with our own sense of value, are we making ourselves matter in our life? Are we choosing ourselves, or are we making everyone else matter? Is everyone else more important to you? Are you the hero that is trying to save everyone else, but in the process you are starving and, and malnourishing yourself to the point where you're so far deep in emotional bankruptcy and therefore have nothing to give? to yourself or really at the end of the day, anyone else, and you're just left so bitter and so resentful. I think that's a huge one, Jennifer. I love that you brought that up, especially for women, because we just give and give and give. And I think we don't realize we're not giving to ourselves and we're not putting ourselves first. And I'm like raising my virtual hand here because I've done it so many times throughout my life. And I think it's really important that we bring awareness to that. Certainly. And we don't have to perpetuate it. There's another way. There's another way. And, and there's a way for us to step into feeling good about money. Like where we are so soft in our body and we feel so relaxed about it. And we, in fact, feel joyous because we invest in ourselves with it. Mm -hmm. and we make values aligned decisions like there is 
another way. Well, first we have to unpack our shit though, right? So I want to hear from you. I know you, you work with people a lot and you have different programs that you put on throughout the year, but what advice can you give my listeners that are like loving this advice? Because I know I'm loving this and I'm loving your story, but where can they start? Because sometimes Mm -hmm. we don't know where to start, right? Jennifer, like, we're like, oh my God, my relationship with money is not really great. I didn't, I'll be honest. In my opinion, my relationship with money, I thought it was like, oh, this is fabulous. It's fine. I'm doing great. I've had a corporate job. And then when I really started to unpack my shit, I realized, oh, well, I'm doing good, but my relationship could be a whole lot better in a lot of areas. So how do they start that journey? What's your advice on that? Yeah, this is what I've been unpacking for years and doing the research around. And like when I really stopped at that pivotal point in my life and really started taking inventory. I was like, you know, I was, cause I, I mentioned I was bulimic for 10 years. I didn't even know why I was bullying, bulimic mm-hmm. at that point where I really stopped. So I really did have to stop and, and I had to go foraging. That's really the first phase of the living wealthy process. You gotta go foraging. You gotta unpack what is, what's there. This is all a, the getting the awareness about what's even there. So how you do that is you begin to, to do what some contemplation some self-examination. And I highly recommend um, everyone who's interested in, in learning more about this kind of stuff to come over to my show, The Nature of Money, because I unpack a lot of detail with every episode around this stuff. And, and so the foraging is like the contemplation beginnings. That's where you start. And a great beginning question is, okay, what am I avoiding in my relationship with money or around money and wealth? because I'm afraid to look? Or what do I not want other people to know about me in my relationship with money? Ooh, those are good ones. Those are so good, Jennifer. And, and, and why right now that's a, that's a really beautiful starting place to start to, to forward your round inside yourself and say, Hmm, what's going on in there? And those I those are really you, good ones. Those are really good ones because if they make you uncomfortable like that, there's a reason, right? Like that's ooh. right. That's it. Those are clues there. And, and I want to invite all of us to step into, I actually, I have so much rose quartz in my home and I, I gift a lot of rose quartz to my clients because rose quartz is a reminder of compassion and love. And boy, do we need more reminders of compassion and love, right? The energy of the rose quartz is that. And so I invite you to grab some rose quartz and, and just continue to come back to the compassion and to the acceptance of like, it's all okay. My shadowy bits, all that shit in there that got backed up. You know what? There's a really good reason that that happened. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. It just means that you need some help and we all need help. And so that's okay. So grab the compassion ball, (laughs) the rose quartz. And like, really, as you go, go through this process of, of contemplation and self-examination, really give yourself permission to just keep saying it's okay. It's okay. Like all of it, all of it, all hundred percent of it's okay. Doesn't matter what's happened, what you've done, how angry you've been and therefore reacted out of pain or what's been done to you. Believe me, I've had so much shit done to me and, and I've done some shit and it's okay. It's all right. Because when we stop and really start to assess. And then we access that compassion, then guess what? The next step is we can start sharing it away. 
Yeah. Ooh. And then in sorting through like what's true and what's not, what's yours and, and what's not right. So we become like the caterpillar and we start like biting away and consuming a bunch of stuff and like, and just chopping it all up, getting ready to step into a full metamorphosis. And that's when that, that caterpillar crawls inside that chrysalis and just releases its enzymes and then starts breaking itself down and becomes like this soupy goo. Its little eyeballs are rolling around in soup. And, and it's like this place of nothingness. And in that, that place of, of metamorphosis beginning, like we're releasing, we're learning how to really allow and, Ooh, do we need to do some forgiving and grieving? And we keep coming back to that compassion ball, pick it back up, pick it back up. Yep. And more compassion. And then on the other side of really emptying ourselves out, getting really gooey, we are composting the shit. We are letting it go. And then we begin to step into the next phase and we allow ourselves to really bloom. And this is where we become the butterfly. This is where we start accepting and acknowledging and aligning and making healthy attachments. And we're so open and we're they're now so attractive. We're literally attracting things in because we're sewing from a really healthy place inside of ourself. And so there's all these integration practices that you can begin to do so that you're pollinating and you're germinating in a really beautiful way. Do you, so you're planting healthy seeds that will create so many incredible, delicious, sweet, juicy apple trees in a whole orchard and beyond. And from there, then we step into the final phase here. And that's what, that's where we yield. That's where we're, we're so, we are so we've become a healthy wealth steward because we're living our truth and we are so embodied and we now can harvest and really allow the juiciness and savoriness of our life to just like be in that. Like that's a high rate of return and where that all starts again in foraging, going deep inside and having the greatest adventure of your life inside yourself. And I love that metaphor. I think it's great. And I love how you explained it, Jennifer, in such detail because it's so true. But I think what happens with a lot of people and probably some of my listeners too, is they don't want to start because like starting, I know this, like, I'm totally going to admit it. Maybe it was the same for you, but (laughs) maybe it wasn't. Oh yeah. This, the starting is always the hardest part. The starting is hard. It is. It just is. And then even like when you start it, like it, it feels so uncomfortable and looking at things. And then also like the big things, like finding out things that you don't remember, realizing, making associations, realizing things that impacted you. But then I love, again, I love how you explained it, but, you know, realizing that the letting go and having the compassion and the forgiveness and realizing that it's all for yourself, you know, at the end of the day, yes, it, yes, it helps others, but this is all for you. It is about prioritizing yourself. And that's what helps in your growth, in my opinion, and what I've what I've experienced it myself is it is the greatest investment you will ever make in your entire life is doing this work. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart because I see it all over my life. 
is the evidence of what I'm talking about. But so are so many of my clients and what's happening in their life, because not only are they, are they building their wealth, are they buying more properties? Are they investing in more companies? Is their own, you know, personal revenue increasing? Is their business's revenue and also profitability? Because what the point, what's the point of growing a business and getting more sales if, you know, you're barely profitable, mm -hmm. right? So, and all of that, I can tell you what's happening for you emotionally if you show me your financial spreadsheet. That is okay. Way to drop a mic right there, Jennifer. I love it. Okay. I want to hear more about this. So this is fascinating. So I know this on a very novice level, like I can tell how people deal with money when I like look at how they have their wallet or where they put their like bills or things like that. But that's so novice. Now you're like, if I look at your financials, like I can tell you what's going on. This is, this is deep. So tell us a little bit about that. What do you mean by yeah. that? Yeah. So I can tell you, you know, if you are living in, like, if you've got some fear going on, you're probably, I mean, there's several different things you, you could be doing, but you're probably not really investing and taking the risks that you need to take mm -hmm. because you're so afraid. And so that fear becomes so paralyzing. And so how you're investing in your company, in your leadership and in your team is not showing up on that spreadsheet. That's one really great example. If you are not valuing yourself, you are trying to be the hero in your life that is showing up in your profit margin. It is showing up in your pricing. It is showing up in your profit margin. I love it. Right. So I could keep going, but like I can look at your financial model, your financial forecast as like what you're valuing and also historically what's happening for you emotionally based on what's happening in your numbers. It's such a clear indicator. I think and, that's and really so fascinating. I think that's fascinating. I don't think I've ever had anyone really talk about that on the show or just in general. And I think it's important that we all hear about this because I believe in this 100%, Jennifer, but you're going to a totally like deep level on this <laughs> but because I'm like, if I see how somebody has their wallet or how they manage like their finances, but like you're talking about the full scope, how they manage their business, leadership, everything with money, it's, it comes from within and that's huge. And that means you do have to take the time to unpack your shit. That's going to be a hashtag after this, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it a hundred percent is. And so that is why, like, if you want to grow your wealth and be a sustainable human who is actually healthy and happy on the other side of growing that wealth, you need to do this work. Your life and business depend on it, period. I agree, of course, in my opinion, but I agree. And thank you for sharing all of that. And you can go to your website and take the Living Wealthy Quiz. That's a great place to start too. And just start unpacking though and asking yourself these questions that you've given us to the heart. It's really asking yourself the hard questions and spending time alone. And I, again, in my opinion, I think people just sometimes find it very difficult to sit in silence and really look at the dark places. And this could be a dark spot for you. And that's why I do the work that I do. There we go. So I take, you know, I take people's hands and, you know, through the workshops that I do through, you know, the private retreats or group retreats. Like this, 
I, I get it. It's fucking gnarly sometimes, but really it's not, the work isn't the gnarly part. It's the, it's the tension of the fear of the angst around just doing it. That's where it's the most painful. And my clients and I, we ended up laughing about it. And like the part that's the worst is the part where we're like in this tension, like this tenseness around doing it or not doing it. We know we need to do it, but we're not doing it. And we're so fucking uncomfortable and, and all of that. And then we finally have a shit fuck damn moment. That's a term in our, our community, shit fuck damn. <laughs> Very technical term. Yeah. And it's like, oh my goodness, this isn't actually as hard as I thought it would be. In fact, when we do, when we have these kinds of conversations in community with others in a very sacred and safe way, we begin to immediately to like dissolve and reduce the amount of shame that we have And shame and money are there. Like shame is one of the greatest, strongest, most gnarly emotions I experience with folks around money, but shame, fear, and anger are the three top, like van, like energy vampires of, of the emotional world. And I'm a big advocate of the emotional world. Right. But when we've gotten it to that level, that it's literally festering inside of us. It, it's kind of like, imagine this in the body, like taking a bite of an apple, swallowing it, it goes down and hits your stomach, but you never poop it out. Mm -hmm. What do you think is going to happen? Like massive infection, really horrible backup going on, right? That's what's happening when you don't unpack, sit with, examine what's happening in running your emotional mental show. Oh my gosh. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I totally get it. I, I love it. And I want to just highlight again, you guys, that Jennifer has her own podcast to the nature of money. Make sure you go subscribe and listen to more of these gems from her. This is incredible. Congratulations, by the way, on the launch of your podcast Thank and you. go to her website and take the living wealthy quiz. But before we kind of wrap this up, Jennifer, I'd love for you to give, you know, talk about leadership. I always talk about be the leader of your life. It doesn't matter if you have a title. It doesn't matter if you're waiting to become a director of EP or start your own business. So important that women, and I know some guys listen to, but women, whoever, we step into our leadership now and really take ownership of our life. And you've given us so many tips. I mean, we need to unpack our shit so we can really take ownership of how we manage our money, but really our relationship with money. But what advice could you give my listeners about stepping into being the leader of their life or stepping into leadership and really taking control of those aspects of their life? What's some advice from your personal experience? I think one of the first places to start in really being a healthy leader and being a healthy wealth steward and really stepping into power and by power, the upside of power is when it empowers yourself and others. The downside of power is when it's taking, like it's trying to suck power from others, right? Control, right? Control is a big one. So what we really want to start with is, am I making myself matter in my life? Just sit for a minute and take a look around and just look and see, are there ways that in your life you are making yourself not matter? And if you are, what can you do to flip the script on that? How can you make yourself begin to matter in those areas? What can you, what can you do or, or what do you need 
Maybe you need to have some conversations. Maybe you need to do some more examination. Maybe you need some behavioral shifts, right? But what do you need so that you can flip the script to make you really matter all over your life? Start there. Yeah, that's incredible advice. I love it. And I think, again, to highlight, you know, I think, again, as women, we tend to put people first. We give up our needs and we don't even realize we're doing it. So I love the advice of just sit for a minute and really think, feel, and look at it, examine it. And I think you'll be surprised because I've been surprised myself with that. And because when we are full, when we are, when we have loved ourselves that we so much that we are full, and that's really like what I start my days with, like, how can I love myself today until I'm full? Mm -hmm. And you know, what a great way to start up a day with, Mm -hmm. what do I need right now so that I can have the best day when we really invest in ourselves, when we really stop and do, and like ask the, the kind of question, like, where am I making myself not matter? What do I need so that I, I do matter when my needs are so met, just like I'll share a quick story too. Just, just like a tree, how sir helps its ecosystem around you. You then become regenerative because then you become very, very valuable to others and really impactful in the world because you're so full already. Now everything else comes from ease when you're giving. So my sweetheart, John and I, I'll just share this quick story and we can wrap. We went to Tulum, Mexico a couple of years ago. And I, I love nature. I believe nature is a big, has so much to teach us about being in relationship with money and wealth. And this particular journey that I went on, learning about kind of the ecosystem in Tulum, discovered that the soil was primarily made up of limestone and limestone is really hard. And so most plants can't root down below it. Well, that's a problem in Mexico when the drought comes, because those plants aren't able to break through the limestone to get down into these, to access these caverns and caves called cenotes. But there are some trees that have roots that are strong enough to actually get down into, to those cenotes, suck the water into its body through its root system nourish itself. And then through the microbiomes, bacteria and fungi in the soil, it communicates with the ecosystem around it and be able, and is able to send water to the ecosystem around it so that ecosystem can survive. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Nature is proof right there. That's what I'm talking about. I love it. And we love Mexico too. My husband and I got engaged right outside of Tulum. So I love Mexico Mm -hmm. too. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love that story, but you're right. Nature is proof. We have to take care of ourselves right there. That's right. I love it. And we can. We can. For it. Yeah. Jennifer, tell us where we can find you. Tell us where we can listen to the podcast. Take the quiz. Take it away. Yeah. Jenniferlove.com. I have the workshops and the Living Wealthy quiz there. You can also um, head over to Nature of Money on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And on Instagram, come play with me on Instagram. I'm the Jennifer Love on Instagram. I know I'm excited to have another Instagrammer on the podcast. Not everybody likes Instagram like I do. So super exciting. That'll all be in the show notes too. So you guys can follow and engage and take the quiz and get to know Jennifer some more. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you guys so much for listening to my opinion. We'll see you back here next week. 
Thank you so much for listening to the My Opinion Podcast. You can catch up on past episodes on the My Opinion Podcast website at www.myopinionpodcast.com as well as read the My Opinion blog and contact Maya directly with your questions. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at My Opinion Podcast and Maya Roffler. We'll see you back here next week.